From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. Uncle Funky Larry Jones will be joining me uh, in just a bit. But now that uh, the summertime is here and, you know, folks outside, they're cooking, they're grilling, they're, they're getting back with family, and they need some some recipes uh to help entertain the family. And I have on the phone line uh, with me, I, I know this young lady we first met back in 2013, I believe it might have been, uh, when she was over the Greater Houston Black Chamber of Commerce. And now she has moved away from H-Town, but her, her heart and her spirit is still here. And she's a beach bum. And I'm pretty jealous. Ladies and gentlemen, the vivacious Vernita Harris is on the Public Affairs Podcast. How you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you for such a wonderful welcome. <laughs> you, you know, you, you know, we go back like 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 seats in a Cadillac. You know, you've always supported me and I and I appreciate that. And I just want to, you know, return that. But uh, you also have your um, business partner, Miss Beatrice Harris, is also on the line. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful. Wonderful. So, Pinch Dash Done. Tell us about this incredible LLC that uh, you two came up with. I, from what I understand, you all came up with this during uh, the lockdown, right? Yes, we did. Uh, it was a project that we started last year. We uh, wanted to have some positive posts on Facebook because so many conspiracy theories was going on out there. We said, let's, let's just do something positive. Let's share recipes because, you know, everybody was at home, locked down, and probably needed something different to spice up their repertoire. So we started exchanging recipes, and, and people got into it, and they kept saying, share, share, share. And we took share those recipes and put it into a book and found some causes to support while we were doing that. Nice. And I, I'm <laughs> I'm interested on how it went. Like, how did it start? Was it just y'all, just, you know, two besties on the phone, like, girl, they on here on this well, Facebook saying this, and then I done seen this. Well, girl, I'm trying to tell you, and then I told them to do. <laughs> no, not exactly. Uh, well, I I started it just to do something positive and do something different than what I was doing, and so I just started sharing some. And Beatrice, who is a very passionate cook, uh, responded at all times. And she always had something going in the kitchen, and she's she's just she loves cooking, and she's very passionate about it, and that's that's putting it mildly. Hey, and you know what, Vernita, I can I can feel that energy through this phone, Beatrice. I bet you do slam in that kitchen. I bet you burn it down. I can feel that you do. I want to come over for dinner. <laughs> Let me know what day, <laughs> and it'll be ready. <laughs> Don't talk me, because I'm telling you, I will pull up. <laughs> no, but go ahead. No, we uh, actually, as Vanita said, we were posting things on Facebook, and a lot of people, because so many people have started eating out rather than eating yeah. at home. Yeah. 
And there's also a lack of just people knowing what to cook. And there were some limitations on perhaps some of the things that were in the grocery store as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we really advocate in the book is gardening. Uh, because yes. I have an herb garden. I have a few vegetables. It's about an 80-foot square piece of uh, property between my garage and my house. And so we're really letting people know you don't need a lot of land. You just need to take the time. That's so the cookbook is also urging people to use fresh, um, local, grown, sourced foods. And if you can grow a patch in your yard or in pots, do that as well because you can save a lot of money because many people became more financially cautious about how they would spend their money during the lockdown. And so we just wanted this to be something that would just show the positive side of COVID because it really brought out a lot of ugly things, but it also brought out a lot of opportunities for us to make some changes uh, in lifestyle. Absolutely. And this being one, the fact that, you know, you have a garden in between your driveway and your house, I think is, is wonderful because, you know, when I grew up, my grandmother had a garden um, in the back. As a matter of fact, I was home um, two weekends ago. And just looking at the backyard, I was like, man, mom had that garden right there. And so I'm going uh, in the back in that area where it was and just looking at all of the plants. And I see these dandelions. Now, you know, I've been eating and juicing with dandelions (laughs) and a bunch of dandelions at Whole Foods is like two forty nine for one bunch. Here I am in my mama's backyard, which used to be my grandmother, all these dandelions. I'm picking up dandelions a whole bunch. And I'm I'm like, yo, I'm showing my mom. I was like. You see this bunch of dandelions in my hand? This will cost me $3 at Whole Foods. And here they are right in the backyard where I can pick them and, and eat them or juice them, you know, um, at my Absolutely. leisure. And so this is what this is exactly what we need. I wish uh, we would get into more gardening uh, because it, it is vital. As you mentioned, Beatrice, the fast food is trash. And, I, and, and I'm going to say this real quick and let you all continue. I have been... Eating clean, you know, since I've been on my uh, spiritual journey, I've I've cut out meat and I've cut out uh, cheese. You know, um, I probably slipped up, you know, once or twice with eating meat. My body did not react to it well, did not react to eating um, a piece of bacon. Well, as a matter of fact, as soon as I put the bacon in my mouth, my body was like, what are we doing? I couldn't even I didn't even chew it and swallow it like I just had to uh, spit it out. So. Um, with me eating clean and then one day I had went back to, you know, went to one of these fast food joints and got, you know, one of the vegan options. And I'm using air quotes when I say that. When I tell oh. y'all, when I tell y'all my stomach, like after it was digesting and going through my intestines, like it was like hell. It was so, so much pain. I'm saying all of that to say that this stuff is trash. Everybody put down. Leave the fast food alone. Do like these women are doing. Get these recipes from their book. Grow your garden because we're going to need it because everything is everything is poisoned. Yes, yes, yes. I also compost, and that helps because when you use a lot of fresh foods, a lot of people juice. Mm-hmm. And when you juice, there is an extreme amount of waste. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you juice, and, and the question is, because what? Yeah, what are you doing with all of that? With the, the pulp, the, the exactly, and that's that's where the fiber is. Mm. 
you know, and we're throwing that away. So there's a way perhaps to incorporate that fiber into some recipes or something. So you what know, I did, can, can I share what I did one that. time just out of the thought? What did you do? <clears throat> out of my juice, I was juicing one morning and I saw the pulp because it was, it was just kale, arugula, uh, cucumber, oh. like all of the alkaline, you know, stuff. And then, <laughs> and, and as that pulp was sitting there, I was like, wait a minute, instead of me putting this in the garbage disposal, like take this kale out, all of the, the green stuff, boom, put I put it in a bowl. I went around the corner to get um, some salad dressing from a restaurant that I love their salad dressing and... It was good. I felt like I was eating a sunshine's. I felt like I was eating sunshine's mm-hmm. kale salad. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. When you get your when you get your book, you will find salad dressing recipes in there, so you can make them fresh yourself. Myself. Mm. What are some of you Absolutely. all's favorites um, that you shared that seems to be uh, that was very popular uh, on Facebook? Ice cream. Oh. Ice cream. Ice cream. Mm. Uh, yeah. Some that are dairy-based and some that are non-dairy-based. Since you're a vegan, mm-hmm. then there are some that are non-dairy-based. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm doing that because I um, <laughs> I went to um, Miami uh, Memorial Day weekend, and there was a spot there called Mr. Cream, and there was this Dolce <laughs> Leche ice cream. And mm. even though I gave up, you know, the dairy, it just it just <laughs> sounded so good. Um, mm-hmm. And I had those two scoops, and I tell you, Uh-oh. I knew that my face—I I was like, my face is going to pay for this. But mm-hmm. it was when I tell you that ice cream was so good, y'all. Okay. Yes. Well, well, you can. Well, do but then that I with paid coconut. for it because three you big can do pimples. That with coconut milk. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Coconut milk, almond milk, and there's even cashew milk out there. There's all kind of milks that you can use to substitute and make ice cream, and not have the dairy. Hmm. This is mm-hmm. it, 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 where is the book available, ladies? Because I'm I got to dive into this. Okay. Well, oh, we're just go ahead. You want to go ahead? You can order it now on Amazon. It's also on Barnes and Nobles and online and Books a Million online. And uh, you can also contact us through our website, and we have them right here in Houston, and we can uh, get those books to you from our fulfillment center here in Houston. I love it. Pinch, dash, done. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to Bernita Harris and Beatrice Harris, uh, who have written the uh, incredible cookbook, A Pinch, Dash, Done, which was inspired from the things that the, the results of the lockdown um, with COVID ladies, I am anxious to know what are some of your personal favorites from the book? Oh, I have fried green tomatoes mm-hmm. and uh, grilled. Yeah. Grilled eggplant because I grow eggplant hmm. and a lot of people don't, they say they don't like eggplant, but um, I haven't had anybody that came over here and ate the eggplant that I roasted and said that they didn't like it. Well, I'm definitely so going to have to try two. yours. Yeah. Because that texture of it, like I've eaten it, um, but I don't know, that texture, something about that texture. Hmm. No, we'll I did not like eggplant until I had hers. Now she has me eating eggplant and I'm going to the store and purchasing eggplant because I know how to do it now. Ah, okay. Well, um, sometimes it's a, it's a matter of how you do it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, 
You know what, Vernita? I think you're absolutely right. Um, right. Because it's about flavor. I think, pe- you know, especially us, you know, black folks, yeah. melanated dominant folks, we, we want that flavor. So I think if you can substitute uh, the flavor with, um, you know, just make it flavorful so people can eat it. I think that it, uh, the slow drip of folks trying to get away if they're trying to, you know, stay away from meat and dairy like myself, I think that would help because I think it's just about the flavor at the end of the day. Mm. Right. And it's, it's, it's a lot how you prepare. I was talking to a friend the other day that does not like okra, but they love fried okra. I said, you do realize there's still okra, right? <laughs> 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 right. It's just not slimy. They, they, they talk about the slime. I'm going like, well, see, if you have fried okra, uh, you don't have a slime. So it's just all a matter of how, how you cook it, how you prepare it. Yeah, you yeah. guys, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Beatrice. No, I was going to say my mom taught me a trick about that slime. It is to cook the okra, okra while it's frozen. Mm. Mm. And that will take care of the slime. And oh. that's uh, something else to think about. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Yes, it is. I know, right? But listen, in this short amount of time that you all had birthed the concept shared it, came out with the book. You have been featured in quite a few publications. I mean, this is nothing to scoff at. Core Magazine's inaugural issue in October 2020. Of course, the book launched in November of 2020. You were featured on uh, Fox News as a minority-owned business and socially-owned business in November of 2020. Houston Chronicle's Top 10 Cookbooks for 2020. (laughs) I mean... And, and you must be was, proud. We're Very. extremely proud, extremely grateful, and, and, and humbled uh, about the accolades that we have received because we got that Houston Chronicle after being launched only one month. That's what I was just yeah. about to say, Vernita. Like, how? How, how do you – one month and then you're already – like, that was – y'all made an yeah. impact. And, <laughs> That's called and favor. Those, <laughs> favor. And favor ain't fair. Yes, That's yes, right. But, uh, And those were national books. We were the only local book. So we thought, you know, it was a local thing. But Mm -hmm. no, those were national books. We we are mentioned in the same breath as Martha Stewart. It blew me away. Oh, that's amazing. That is amazing. And you all are doing um, something else um, this year, um, uh, coming up later on uh, at the early fall with AARP, these cooking sessions. Tell us about that. Oh, no, that's... That's, that's going, going on. on right now. Oh, that's happening now. Oh, April yes. through September. I see. April through September. Okay. Yeah. You'll yeah. be on next week. How, uh, oh. So how, how did this uh, come about? Tell us about that. <laughs> well, uh, AARP is a good partnership. They realize that we are of that seasoned citizen's age. And, you know, that's anybody over 50. Uh, you are considered an AARP eligible, and they, you know, people were at home. <laughs> well, it's been 50 for quite a while. Most people don't know that. They think you have to be a 62. I thought it was 60. No. Yeah, that's what I thought. No, it's age 50. So uh, those that have been hiding is time to stop. Hey, I heard that there's some but, great benefits with those AARP cards. Like those some of the best discounts. And <laughs> that's best what benefits. I hear. Right, and they have quite a few webinars on online, but our webinar is once a month, and it's all about cooking, easy cooking tips. The next one is on the 13th of 
uh, July, and it has uh, it's just about making ice cream. So you can watch and see some of those non-vegan because we will have some non-vegan uh, uh, aspects in, in what we're offering for that day. So um, today would be the day. Uh, today is the thirteenth that this is airing. So. Um, today, the AARP cooking sessions, brunch, lunch, and munch, cooking with B and V. I love it. Um, and what time will that be? At 12 noon. 12 noon. Uh, is that central? Yes. Okay. 12 noon today on uh, Facebook? Uh, uh, you can go to AARP Texas to register. Okay. And they, we do have uh, two additional ones coming up. We have, we still have August and September. Okay. So if you miss today, which is July 13th, it's not too late to sign up for the other two. And the other ones should be available for replay at some point shortly. That is amazing. Um, can you all tell me how cooking makes you feel? I mean, um, a lot of people that love to do it, you know, it's cathartic for some, um, for others, it's a chore. Uh, so your relationship with food and cooking, how does that make you feel? I'll start with you, um, Vernita. Okay. We are the exact opposites when it comes to cooking. I am the reluctant cook and B is the passionate cook. Although I have found out that it's easy to just get in there do what you need to do, and you have something great. And it's just as easy as going to a restaurant uh, or picking up something. But I have prepared it exactly how I want to. And, in fact, in this last year, it has been helpful in reducing weight because I don't have a lot of uh, fast foods, and I'm very cautious about what I use and the ingredients that I cook with. For sure. And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, every, balancing everything. So it seems like this works. What about you, B? <laughs> every recipe, everything that I cook has a story. Mm. And it is coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. It is coming from a memory, either trying to recreate a memory or to create a new memory. And we eat with all of our senses. It's involving the sight the sounds and the smell, even before it hits your mouth. Mm. So at my house, there are no paper plates. (laughs) I just had a discussion this morning. I'm going to have about 20 women over for lunch. And they said, we're going to help you. But B, we're going to use clear plastic (laughs) plates because they have these really cute ones. I said, no, 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 no. She said, oh, my (laughs) gosh, she's still going to pull out the china. I said, yes, I am. And so it's it's time for us to just uh, embrace the whole thing. We go out to five-star restaurants, and we pay an enormous amount of money for the ambiance. We can recreate that same ambiance at home every mm-hmm. single day. And the food and will be I just, 10 times better. Absolutely. And you can tip yourself. Uh, <laughs> you know? no, we don't tip yes. Listen, yeah. you know, what makes the difference in great food is – the love that is put into it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I can always tell when food is cooked with love. And so with you putting that stamp and that cherry on the top of this uh, dessert, B, I'm definitely going to have to take you up 
<laughs> on that <laughs> yeah. offer for real. Listen, banana Foster's bread pudding. <laughs> mm, mm, listen, you can make for me whatever I will. Hey, even though I didn't gave up, you know, the meat and the dairy, whatever you cook, I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna just, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna just have well, to. Do... No, we we had we were actually asked to go through and identify all of our vegan recipes. Uh, for Daniel fast and for some other uh, things that were going on and, and people dieting off of the uh, new year. And we had quite a few uh, recipes that didn't have any butter, sugar, oh, uh, nice. vegetables mm-hmm. and fruit and juices and, and uh, dressings. So I think you'll be happy with the book. I, I think so too. Um, so, Go get the book, Pinch Dash Done. It is available everywhere in the ebook, paperback, hardback. And don't miss today at 12 noon, AARP Cooking Sessions, Brunch, Lunch, and Munch Cooking with B&V. And that is happening uh, today at 12 noon. And then if you can't, you know, they're, they're going to have one next month and then one in September. So thank you. Vernita Harris, Beatrice Harris, uh, the authors of Pinch Dash and Done. I appreciate you all for coming on. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. You are so very welcome. And for those of you listening to the podcast, we will be right back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, and um, it's a lot going on in the state of Texas. You know, we have a very uh, special governor, (laughs) to put it mildly, and he has convened a special session that had happened um, this past week, and he wanted to talk about and cover, um, you know, things from election to COVID to uh, transgender children, just a a laundry list uh, of things, and on the line to uh, help break this all down and make it make sense. Uh, He is a political analyst and community organizer. Welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, Mr. Shay Jordan-Smith. Good morning and welcome, my friend. Good morning, KG. How are you doing? Man, I'm wonderful. I got no complaints going on. You know, um, thank you for um, agreeing to do this on such a short notice. Um, A lot of people, you know, some people, they don't pay that much attention to what's going on in their own backyard, which, you know, Mm -hmm. to me is an atrocity. Uh, But, you know, Greg Abbott is having a a, a temper tantrum, a temper tantrum, it seems, and, you know, has called called to, uh, you know, get these lawmakers to pass these bills that had, uh, you know, that had failed to pass uh, during the 87th legislative session. So, Break down, like, what, what was this all about? Can you take us from the beginning and, and lead us up to now? Yeah, so I'm actually going to pull back because one of the first things you said is that Greg Abbott is focusing on COVID in this special, special session. And he, in fact, is not. That's not one of the 11 items he's put on the agenda for the special session. COVID is not one of them. The recent ice storm and the electric grid is not one of them. Wow, and, so these headlines uh, are lying. 
Yeah, so there, he, he doesn't have those on the agenda. He has 11 other things, which, we, which we'll probably get into a little bit um, later. But yeah, the big, the big three items of police reform, the electric grid in Texas, and COVID relief are not on this, uh, this agenda for the session. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of how I felt. I was like, so we're in the midst of a pandemic. And you're calling a session for 30 days, which, you know, is, is normal, but you're not really facing or, or, or tackling issues that are affecting the people. You have your own agenda going mm-hmm. to push whatever, you know, narrative and, 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 and plots and ploys that you want to have going on, but nothing to actually help uh, the people. So it, some it, of these things that they want to um, tackle over these 30 days, um, Border so security, transgender security. student uh, athletes, mm-hmm. and critical race theory, which has been um, a hot phrase and topic here within these last few weeks. Um, what is this all about, bro? So it's like I said, it's it's mainly pushing a narrative. And case in point with critical race theory, kids in elementary, high school, middle school aren't learning critical race theory. You're only learning it as an elective if you're in law school, more than likely law school, graduate school. Some doctoral program would be the only place that you actively are learning about critical race theory. What the lawmakers, the Republican Party and the GOP and all of them, what they're talking about is basically teaching our children, our kids, you know, our, our young people, the truth about things like racism, like slavery, like colonization, you know, just teaching them the basic things that that's scaring these lawmakers, because if our kids are, you know, enlightened and 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 awakened to, to, to the atrocities that have happened in this country, then, you know, the woke agenda will take over and, and they'll be out of power. So that's that's what that is in regards to critical race theory. Now, I think it sounds like to me that they just want to continue to control history and erase all of the atrocities that they did. So um, people won't find out. It's a narrative. It's a narrative. Yeah, it's a narrative. It's definitely definitely a narrative. It's definitely narrative building. It's it's trying to tell the story in the way that best benefits them and best keeps them in power, keeps them with you know, all the funds and the ability to do whatever they need to do to get whatever they need to get done, done. Um, And that's also, we can also see it in them trying to, you know, curtail elections. Um, And that's actually the reason behind the special session, essentially, right? Because at the end of the last session, the Democratic lawmakers in the um, House and Senate staged a walkout, um, breaking quorum, which means that nobody could vote for Senate Bill 7 which would have been the one that restricted elections. Like, you know, how we had um, drive-through elections here in Houston. We had 24-hour voting, things like that. Um, the GOP um, had an issue with that because it allows the access to voting to a wider range of people, right? Because not everybody can take off on a random Tuesday in March or November or May, you know, to sit in line for two hours and go vote. People have to work. People have to, you know, take care of their kids, take care of family. They're in school. So allowing elections and allowing voting to take place, you know, for two weeks prior to election day, and then for allowing, you know, 24 hour voting, allowing drive through voting, allowing things that make voting easier. Um, it's, it's too much like right for, <laughs> for some of these Republicans in Texas. So that's why that's they're trying to curtail that. Um, 
I'm confused right. as to why they're avoiding, you know, the the essential reforms like to the power grid or you know the uh, the, the healthcare, the Medicaid, you know, expansion. But I I don't I just don't get it. I, I really don't. I really don't get why they're avoiding everything that can help the people in this great state of Texas. Well, because helping the people of this great state of Texas that you and I both live in does not help their bottom line, right? So when you look at the electric grid, they're able to privatize, you know, Texas power grid, privatize, you know, how we get our energy, effectively cutting us off from the rest of the country, which is why we had the big, you know, collapse in the system that we had back in um, earlier this year. It's all about the bottom line. If they can privatize the power, private or power in this case being electricity and, and things of that nature, privatize healthcare, you know, make it to where only certain companies are allowed to, you know, offer insurance and offer healthcare, and you know, if we're able to, if they're able to raise prices of medicines and things like that, then that effectively, you know, that fattens their pocket. And all in all, I mean, this is all it's it's all a business to them as opposed to actually being a a, a servant um of the people which is why it's important for us to when we do have things like our voting rights questioned and, and and being curtailed we have to find ways to not 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 just circumvent it but actually make sure our voices are heard whenever whenever possible so it's not just about voting every four years for your president your vice president your senator it's about voting for those local elected officials the ones that actually are the ones that can hear you that are on the ground with you right. that are fighting you know net, hand in hand with you um, to make sure that, you know, we actually get some change and some help for, for everybody, not just the people at the top that want to get their pockets filled. Absolutely. And, you know, I myself have been uh, preaching that very sentiment. You know, they, they mm-hmm. always want us to focus on uh, the national election, which, you know, you should. But you should also pay more more attention and focus on what's going on in your own backyard right here in Houston, exactly. Harris County. and um in your state um so man that's a lot uh, it's a lot we didn't even we didn't even get into it into it but but it's a lot there's a lot going on here in texas especially for the next well now what 20 25 days or so um so i implore the people your listeners um to keep listening to of course your show and of course what you have going on here but also do their research get you know read the, there's a lot of local newspapers here across the state, here in Houston, that are covering the special session, and it's important for us to, just to know what's going on, right? Stay abreast. We can we can we can watch and 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 stream and look at everything, but when it comes to our inherent rights, our inherent liberties, our you know the laws that actually affect us, um, we tend to slack off and think that it's somebody else's issue. Right. And it's it's not it's it's all of our issues, right? Because we're the ones that are being affected by it. So I just implore your listeners to, of course, keep listening to to your show, because of course you have a lot of great guests and a lot of great information. But also just keep their ear to the streets, you know. Absolutely, and, and that's where you're gonna find it. Uh, what what about this appropriated money for property tax relief, uh, by addressing the uh, cybersecurity threats and you know trying to attract these private providers? Uh, to the false yes, so system, with like, the appropriations, it's it's mm-hmm. three different pieces. It's the property tax, it's cybersecurity, and it's the uh, the 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 recreation or the or the amending of the foster care system, right? But where where Greg Abbott put that, he put that at the bottom of the list for a reason, right? 
the, which means that it'll be, we won't hear about that really until towards the end of the session. And that's if they get to it. Um, so property taxes aren't, aren't really too, too high on the agenda. I'll put it like that. Mm. Um, so I'm, so I'm saying that to say, if we do get to it, which I'm assuming that we won't, cause I'm assuming that we'll probably have to go back into a session after this month is over. Um, I would just, I would just, like I said, keep, stay abreast of that. Um, keep, keep our eyes on that. Cause of course, you know, we we're the ones paying the property taxes. So keep definitely keep that, um, in the back and front of, of your mind. Indeed. Indeed. You're listening to the public affairs podcast. We're talking to political analyst and community organizer, Shay Jordan Smith about uh, the special sessions that is happening up in Austin, uh, that, your governor, Greg Abbott, had, had called for and is happening um, for <laughs> 30 <governor>. days. <laughs> and um, one of the hot button issues um, that is also on this list, um, transgender um, girls being able to compete in girls sports at Texas public schools Um yeah, the Republicans, you know, they have a ban which passed uh, in the Senate, um, mm-hmm. flattened in the House. Um, this is a real, this is, I mean, hot button issue is, uh, I think that's that's saying it mildly because everybody gets up in arms when it comes to uh, this issue. What What is it about ultimately? Well, they're trying to find a different way to, what is the phrase, skin the cat, right? First, it was the bathroom issue, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's, now it's, now they've, it's, it's, it's strange that they've, they've taken it to the children, right? Or taking it to students, taking it to student athletes, taking it to schools and saying that just because you've had this done or you expressed, you know, your gender identity in this way, we can't allow you to do that on a, on an academic, on a athletic, at you know, on that level, um, it's it's more telling about the sentiments and feelings in regards to the lawmakers and how they feel about children, how they feel about LGBTQ plus children, um, just overall. So mm-hmm. it's it's like I said, it's it's I I it's so it's strange for me to talk about just because I'm like you're, we're talking about children here effectively yeah, right yeah, yeah. We're, not, we're not talking we're not talking about adults talking about children which you can feel however you want to feel about the that issue about you know trans children about trans people about LGBTQ people but it's when you're talking about children there should be a, a different sort of 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 deference given mm-hmm. yeah I, I thought it was interesting that they brought the children into it as well, especially uh, on this issue. But we got to stay, we got to stay woke and be vigilant about what they are teaching our children in the public school system or maybe even a charter school system, period. I mean, I have seen and heard story after story after story of parents who are absolutely outraged that they are now teaching these children how to self-pleasure themselves. <laughs> right, yeah. That health health classes health class is lit now. Health class health class is definitely something different. Health class is um, out of control. It needs to be like what? Like, no, those conversations didn't No, not until after while you're going through puberty. Like why why are they teaching 
first graders about this? Like, what is really going on here? Well, I well, I will say to the point, right? I believe that a conversation should definitely happen. Um, you know, of course, with the consent of the parents, but 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 conversation should happen so that so that when kids do get to that age, maybe not to the extremes and to the you know the complete transparency, but there should be a conversation that happens with children of a certain age so that when they do get to those so you know an older age they're not they're not partaking in activities that are harmful to them right so if you open up the if you open up and give kids a means to talk about what is happening to them then they're more they're less likely excuse me to you know engage in those harmful activities going forward I'm trying to keep it as as PG as possible. Yeah, but absolutely. You get what I'm saying. You definitely get what I'm saying. It's 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 just about opening up the conversation. So of course, some things you know you don't want to teach you know your your five and six year olds, right? But giving them the space to communicate is always more beneficial than holding it from them and then allowing them to find it themselves. Whether it's you know watching watching it on TV, hearing about it from their friends, it you know it's 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 creating and cultivating an environment where. Um, those healthy that healthy dialogue can happen mm. <clears throat> yeah well excuse me I'm I'm moving <laughs> on I I just can't with that that is just I can't even think of an adjective to well no like I said, like I I said, what 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 you're describing of course I, I I'm not necessarily all all for but like I said there there is a way to do that in a way that's beneficial um to the child going forward to the to the you know the kid the preteen whatever it is yeah, going no, forward no. i get you i get you and and of course um they also want to do what <laughs> what they are calling uh election election integrity uh by making sure that election results are tightening uh i mean that that election results are um Accurate, valid, by, are, yeah, are valid. accurate, are correct, right? right. By tightening and these all voter this, fraud laws, which there has been no, quotes. there's yeah. been no evidence of voter fraud or anything, right? There hasn't, right? And we can even look, we can even zoom out and look on the national level, right? With um, the former twice impeached one-term president um, and how when he was going through his whole 2020, you know, election, you know, claims and uh, claims of rigging and things like that. Several courts, not just one or two, several courts across the country at the federal, at the state level, um, found out that there was no, no sort of election rigging happening, right? But it's become like a, a rallying point for the GOP to say, well, somehow they're cheating. There's no way that they're getting all these votes. Well, one of what's really happening is that the people that are coming out are ones that did not come out previously, right? Black and brown. Um, students, millennials, you know, younger people are coming out and they're voting in a way that best serves them. And the GOP just, they have no way to combat that other than to say that somebody is cheating. And that's the most, that's the worst show of sportsmanship or that's the best show of poor sportsmanship that I, I've, I've ever seen. You know, it's like, it's like when you're playing basketball and, you know, you, you're down by however many, you have to say somebody's cheating, somebody has something going on. Um, yeah. And that's 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 really indicative of what this is right now, which is why they're trying to, you know, stop us from you know voting when we can, trying to stop us from doing mail-in balloting, trying to stop us from doing all these things, right. because they know that once once the Dems really mobilize like they need to, and once they really start affecting the people that they really need to affect and get them on quote unquote their side, 
then the GOP will be, you know, up a creek without a paddle. <laughs> yeah, well, and I like how you said it, it, it it's bigoted because it is really, uh, it, it's that blatant. I mean, you know, man, boasting ID requirements for mail-in balance? How, Sway? And the, you know, I mean, and like, the thing is, banning, is, you know, po- I mean, having uh, the, the monitoring the poll places, banning people from being able to have uh, pass out water and all of that, banning the 24 hour yes. to drive through poll sites. Like, yes, every is just it, it's wild. And what's wild, what's wild is that you can you can go in and vote with a, a gun license, a gun ID, you know, what you used to carry whenever well, back when we had to have an, a license to carry. You right. can go in and vote with that. But if you show a school ID, if you show any other like several other types and forms of ID, they won't let you, which is, like I said, which is very, not bigoted, but very targeted against, you know, those people like students who most, most students that come here to Texas that go to U of H or TSU or HBU or whatever, they may not have a, a state ID yet because of course they're here for school, but they may have been registered here in Texas and they don't have an ID to show for it. So then they're unable to vote. They're disenfranchised in that way. And so, like I said, it's all, it's all, not a conspiracy, but it's all a ploy. It's all a plot yeah, it's a ball. To, mm-hmm. to, to, to constrict and with, with, you know, withheld the ability to vote so that they can keep, that can keep in keep power. power. Cause if you look, <laughs> right. That's if all you look at about. it, if you look at it, if you look at it, the bluer parts of the state are the larger cities, right? So it's like your, your Houston, your DFW, your San Antonio, your Austin, your El Paso every now and again, right? Those were like the the Democratic, the blue, as I call it, hot spots of Texas. But then when you look around, it's all these rural areas, which are the ones that are still holding on to to their red. And that's what that's what they fear. Well, they fear that once the people in those areas, the black and brown people in those areas, once they start to you know realize that they, that they do have a power and they do have a voice, then like I said, Texas will go from what red to blue red, or red to, to blue purple. and that's what they're uh, afraid <laughs> of we're going to put a, a pin in it right there shay jordan smith political analyst and community organizer man thank you so much for um hopping on with me last minute to uh to educate thank the people you thank you where thank can you. they follow also, you wait i have to say let me say before i go i want to say happy birthday i know it was your birthday this past week so i do want to say happy birthday oh, to wow. you thank you um and they can follow me any and everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. I am Shay Jordan, S-H-E-A underscore J-O-R-D-A-N. I talk politics. I talk a lot of other stuff, um, but I have a lot of fun. So engage with me. You know, I'll, I'll be retweeting and reposting everything that's going on up in Austin. I may be up there off and on throughout the session, but yeah, thank no you for doubt. having me. Yeah, no, man, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. On behalf of Uncle Funky Larry Jones, I'm KG Smooth, and we'll see you next week.